Welcome to the ABCs to live your dope life. This is an opportunity to be a fly on the wall while I engage with some of the most fascinating, inspiring, and brilliant people I know who have played a direct or indirect role in my own healing and continued growth process. The change process is not easy, comfortable, or nearly as fast as so many of us wish it would be. And my hope with this podcast is to instill some playfulness, simple tools to practice, and ultimately, a place for you to recognize that you are not alone. A dope life is one that is aligned with who you truly desire to be, and a congruency between what is deep beneath the surface and what shows above the surface. It's the real, the raw, the complexities of our light and our shadows. The only thing that is ever truly in your way is you. Join me on this journey as we continue to grow stronger together. It's time to live your dope life. All right, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I am very excited to be sitting across the screen from Alice Hong. Uh, I haven't seen you since pre-pandemic, so this is quite a treat that we've been able to take a few moments to land and have some giggles and uh, <laughs> um, and really get grounded and aligned in where each of us are in this moment. So thank you so much for joining me today. It's such a pleasure, Marin. I love sharing time and space with you. Mm-hmm, likewise. Uh, well, you know, a lot has changed in the last, um, not only the last year, um, but even, you know, change is happening pretty steadily. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm just curious to hear you know, how are you describing your work at this point in time? Or if you were going to, you know, just go off script and give us a little bio of who you are, where you are, I would love to just give you some space to, to share some of that. Sure. Thanks, Marin. Um, so my real deep passion in life right now is to support people to come into full embodiment. So to really reclaim the wild wisdom of our bodies and our pleasure the wisdom of our emotions and full body aliveness and really saying a full yes to life. What does that feel like? How does that express itself? You know, first within our own selves, of course, and then within relationship and then mm. on this planet. Mm. Beautiful. The full yes, that really stands out to me. It's been on um, a lot of the trainings and experiences I've had recently. It's been looking at where I previously said no, and if I can, you know, move a little deeper by finding an authentic yes. So rather than forcing, we're trying to speed up the process. It's about like really finding that that full body yes, so that the unfolding can happen organically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and of course, it's always um, well, always it's often the case that we, you know, share the things and are passionate about the things that we're learning ourselves. So these are layers of my own life that I have into inquiry almost all the time, you know, in my daily life, as well as through my offerings. So through Untamed or Wild Women Gathering or the Tantra workshops or um, women who see in the dark retreat, like everything kind of, for me, starts to filter down to these essential questions mm -hmm. of, you know, how does life want to express itself through me mm -hmm. and through you? and through him and through everybody else that is has taken an embodied form that is human being on this planet yeah 
Yeah, you know, the, when we were prepping for um, or aligning for today's call and you sent me a voice memo of a few questions that were really um, alive in you right now. And, and all of them are just so juicy and beautiful. And, you know, if it feels okay, maybe I can just read the first question. And sure. we can just have a, a jumping off point and see where it goes. Yeah. Uh, okay. So two-parted question. So what does it mean to fully, to be fully here as a soul incarnated into human form? And what does it mean to fully choose to be here? Mm. So to hear that question read back to you, what comes up for you? Mm. Well, it takes an awful lot of power to, for a soul to come into a body. Mm. You know, if we look at any, through the lens of any spirituality, religion, science, whatever, you know, resonates or lands with you, but from all the perspectives, the amount of energy that it takes to create a body is immense. Mm. And the amount of magic and mystery that it takes to create a body with a soul, with a beating heart, with a feeling sensory body is massive. Um, so for me, that's why that, that question is so powerful. But on a very personal level, if I can share a, a little story. Yes, about how this led. So um, this last year has been a deep grieving process of my grandmother who passed and her anniversary of her passing is actually coming up on Friday. Okay. And um, since she passed, I really went into a deep, dark journey this year of not wanting to be here anymore on this planet. And for most of my life, I've had this, you know, joie de vivre that was really like this passion flowing through me of loving life. And that was really stripped down to its core this last year. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so many moments of literally on my living room floor, on the kitchen floor being like, why am I still here? Like God, whoever decides that I'm still here, like, can you please just take me? I'm done. Like, I feel fulfilled. I've done all the things that I want. I just want to go back to source. Like, when is it my time? Mm -hmm. And um, that's been a really deep and meaningful journey for me of diving into, yeah, the places that don't want to be here, the places that's like, why am I still here? Like moving around in this world, doing all of these things. Like, why can't I just be one with the divine or wherever we go, you know, that yeah. um, just seems so much more sweet and easy. Mm -hmm. um, but then I hit a point where uh, a few months ago, about three months ago, I went on a solo retreat, another solo retreat um, uh, to the mountains here in Switzerland. And I just had a few days of being out in nature of course, such medicine and seeing the mountains and bathing in the rivers and breathing in this air and just the sun, it was stunning. And then I really had this moment this morning when I woke up where it was like this big voice of life came down and was like, Alice, like open your eyes, look around you. You're on a planet. Like you're on a planet, you have a body and you live on a planet. Like this is fucking amazing, you know? <laughs> yeah. And 
it really was this wake up and I felt like I was in a dream or like in a movie, like a three, it's actually like a high definition movie or something where all of a sudden all the colors became super bright again, all the smells like super delicious. And I just realized, wow, here I am. Like, don't waste this life. You know, and so it was a really beautiful moment of, ah, okay, what am I, like, what do I want to do with this short time that I'm a visitor to this planet? You know, I'm about probably halfway-ish through my life, maybe, you know, if it depends, <laughs> let's see, but um, somewhere around that mark, and it's like, what do I want to do with the second half of my life? Who do I want to do that with? You know, who, where do I want to live? What water source do I want to drink from? And how can I truly contribute to make Earth my home and the place that I most want to live? And so this has been a really big shift for me. And um, in that, you know, I start to, of course, also see the places where I'm not fully here. And that's been a big part of my personal inquiry around relationships, yeah, where I'm not fully in and relationships on every layer. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow, it's powerful. Mm. And so at this point in time, is that, you know, where you just finished off with that story, is that still kind of where you are of the, the inquiry of, um, you know, part of you is really landed, you've chosen to be here, and now it's it's doing the deep dive and looking at the parts that are still kind of like, pulling away or kind of somewhere else totally yeah yeah and kind of like mm, i'm not sure about this <laughs> yeah <laughs> i haven't been convinced yet yeah it's so fascinating i i love thinking about the the human experience or the personal the personal experience the the personal identity as made up of so many different parts and and you know it's it's both and yeah we're whole we're this one person but this one person is made of parts made of parts made of subparts that are made of parts that are within parts and and to really get to that point where we can can turn towards the different parts and really see how they're having their own experience mm. you know it's it's really i've found that to be so powerful that you know part of me can be really happy and at the same time there are parts of me that are like screaming for help or, <laughs> or want to be seen or just having a tantrum mm-hmm. or parts that are just so easily can tap into compassion and awe and other parts that are just like, what is this bullshit? Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's so interesting to see that playing out and, and to allow these different parts to come into relationality instead of staying separated. Mm. And it, it's just, you know, for me, it's made every day is so fascinating now mm. because I'm, I'm, there's this space within me where I'm like navigating these different parts and noticing when, you know, I get really out of balance where maybe some parts are, are taking up more, more energy than some mm. other parts. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, it, being human is fascinating. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, <laughs> my partner and I have this kind of new joke right now when he says, I love you. And I say, I love you too. And he's yeah. like, I love you 18, you know, or something. It's like, you know, all the facets of me that are coming up, like my inner yeah. feminine, my 
light or masculine, my light, my dark, my shadow, my rebel, my victim, like just all of these different aspects that were really coming to surface so that we can peer at them with, with curiosity and yeah. integrate all aspects of our being. Yeah. Yeah. And just love them all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I actually had a, a, a big, jarring awakening in my um i did a i'm and i'm doing trevor yellick's breathwork training the numa breathwork or numa somatics and in the this last training a couple weeks ago uh in our very last breathwork session i i had this wild experience of um like i really wanted to go deep like i'd been going through a lot of of sadness and 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 almost like grieving, but before the fact, like I was getting caught up into my head around a lot of stories of changes that I needed to make and things I was going to do. And I was like grieving it before I had even taken any action. And just in this sadness vortex of, oh, woe is me, what am I going to do? And, um, and so in this last breathwork session, I was just like, I'm going hard. Like I, <laughs> like I want to figure out what's going on. I, I want to let go of, of stories and, and just, let the unfolding of presence take over and and that's what happened like it i just lost control of my body and in this breathwork session um my body started unwinding there were moments of like severe pain where it's like tension would arise and then it would just like shift and move and i was it was just like watching and feeling my my body move without doing anything and and then there was this moment where, you know, I was in a lot of pain and my body was just like, I had no control. And, and Trevor was um, behind me at that time supporting and, and he's so lovely at, at this stuff. And, and then I felt him walk away. And in that moment inside, I said like, <laughs> inside of me, I, I heard myself say, help me Trevor. <laughs> And it was like this moment where as soon as that happened, my whole body just stopped. And it was like, I was face to face with this part of me that wants to be rescued. Mm. And it was this part that I have been, I have been suppressing this part of me for a long time. No, I'm an independent woman. I don't need anyone. Like I'm really good at pushing people away. Like, no, I'm good. I'm, I don't need your help. You know, I'm also really good at asking for help when I need it or when I want it, but it's like, I choose when I need help, I'm in mm -hmm. control. And, and when I came face to face with this, this deep part that was just completely in shambles and just wanted to be rescued, I, I just had a, an intense emotional release at that point where I was angry and embarrassed and sad and disgusted and shocked. Like I didn't know that part of me was in there still. And, and so then it became this really beautiful cathartic release where I was bawling, like just so sad, feeling that part of me that just feels like I can't do it on my own. I need to be rescued. And then the anger would come out and I had like these really wonderful, just screams. Uh, and you know, what was fascinating at the end of that you know, I was just trembling with the raw nature of what I had experienced and what I came into contact with. And my realization at the end of it was I had been projecting onto my husband that I needed him to be a larger container for me 
because I'm this this wild, growing, evolving person, and I and and I created this separation of he's the container and I'm this wild energy. Hmm. And then I I realized, oh, I'm the container. Mm-hmm. I'm both, right? I'm the masculine and the feminine, and my hmm. container just got larger. And it, it made it, it was just this beautiful realization by allowing myself to go into those depths of like, what's happening to me? And like, no, I don't want to see that part of me. And, uh, and then I, I just felt larger after, like mm. I went through that. I, it was beautiful. It was hard, but it was, it was so alivening and illuminating. Mm. And it's, I've, I've felt different ever since then coming back into my home and meeting my husband and taking pressure off of him of who he needs to be mm. just recognizing no that's who I needed to be and I was projecting it onto him mm-hmm. mm. yeah beautiful yeah you know one of my friends Sarina she often says like um you know when we talk about love and shops and says like the containers that we have in our culture aren't big enough to hold the immensity you know of what really wants to move through yeah and so you know, when we have these moments like you did in breath work or a plant medicine ceremony or a meditation or your yoga or whatever it is, you know, where you have that moment of, ah, right. Like this container that I'm putting myself in a container that's too small. Yes. Yeah, How can yeah. I actually breathe more space to have this container be so much more vast or, you know, maybe even dare to not have a container, Yeah. you know, can life just be our container? Right. What happens if we get that over to life? Yeah. Hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just it feels like just growing in all directions and not. Yeah. Container feels like. I don't know, like a security blanket of like, don't get too big, don't <laughs> don't stretch too much. You know, it's um, there's a lot of safety in feeling. Like there's a container that's going to hold the energy so it doesn't explode. And, you know, that's something that I was coming up with against as well as the feeling like all this intense energy inside of me. Sometimes it feels like it's destructive or it wants to be destructive. It's just chaos and it's it's wild and it's beautiful. But I part of it, I think, is just from my past of when I was really unwell and I did do a lot of very destructive things. And so it's, it's, again, it's projecting the, my past experience of, of when I've felt this kind of really big, intense energy. My experience of the past keeps directing to me, directing me towards, well, look what happened when you did that last time. Like, mm. look how destructive you can be. And, mm. it, it, and then it contains it again. So it's, I'm in that kind of interesting place right now, feeling that tension and, and noticing those stories popping up and, and being able to discern that it's, you know, this is a new moment and I'm a new person and my body's trying to keep me safe and it's beautiful. Like, thank you, body. Thank you, mind. Thank you for trying to protect me. Right. I'm- well, containers can be really helpful on some level um, because, uh, you know, containers also support us, I think, in to be able to look at something in particular, you know, or hold mm-hmm. a certain so that we can truly feel it and express it and explore it and so you know in in one way for example like we um, I facilitate this workshop with my partner called emotions uncensored 
and it's a really deeply powerful workshop that we first experienced at our camp at Burning Man at Naked Heart. And um, the, we have a very specific container for it, you know, and the container is quite binary. And so the men represent the masculine and they're on one side and the women represent the feminine and they're on this other side. And if there's somebody who is a fluid gender, then they can choose, but there is a choosing in that container. And that's not to say that this is the way of all of the ways of all of the time, right? But just in mm -hmm. this container, what it allows is for different aspects of us to come out and be explored. Right. And so in this workshop, women, we give them full permission, you know, to have this container where their full emotional expression is welcomed and even celebrated in its mm -hmm. raw intensity, in its, in your voice, in your sounds, in your physicality, everything. And the men are there to be a point of presence. They're not there to hold the container because the container is way more vast than any one human being can hold. Yeah. But they're there to be a point of presence and love for, for, yeah, that expression of life force to move through. Mm. And so, yeah, again, in that container, it's there so that we can explore certain facets of our being that maybe aren't so welcome to be expressed if you're at work at your desk job at 3 p.m. on your Friday, even though this might be the best thing that you could do. To, have <laughs> to a just rage. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, uh, however, maybe not the best container for that, right? So yeah. I think that that's where they can be really helpful. Um, and containers also offer agreements so that it's kind of like, I like to think of it as a, like a, um, a game board, you know, like if you're going to play snakes and ladders or something with a friend, right. you kind of agree on the frame of your board and okay, these are the pieces and here are a few rules or guidelines so that we can play the game. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's where I feel like they're super helpful. Yeah. Uh, where it gets a little bit sticky or slippery is when the containers no longer fit, you know, and it's like, oh, actually, I, I kind of outgrown this container. And okay, so what is the next realm to explore? Or you realize that actually, you know, again, life is the container. And can mm -hmm. I just trust that in life to let the mystery of herself unravel through me? Mm -hmm. um, so I think there's different layers, you know, where sometimes totally. containers are super helpful, boundaries are super helpful. And then at certain moments where it's like, wow, actually now I'm just using my mind and my history, as you expressed on, from your story, you know, mm -hmm. the history of what we bring into this moment instead of really just landing in that moment and meeting in this moment. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, actually in my, um, my most recent plant medicine journey, what it was the most visual journey I've had yet uh and I kept for me it was my intention going into it one of my intentions was to really understand the uh the dance the play of the masculine and the feminine and to really allow these things to integrate within me um and I I just saw I kept seeing like mandalas being created and and even with the music of like the music being this free flowing feminine and then it, the masculine was kind of like, yeah, giving it container, giving it lines and watching how they're, they're dancing together. Like it's, it's a collaboration. It's, you know, and, and so then I would see these mandalas being created based on the music and what I was feeling. 
and it would be like here's one layer and then another layer gets created and so even in the what you just shared it you know to me that's kind of what it's like of um you know we create the the boundaries of this board game that we're in right now and then the next you know we might have to step back and surrender to life and 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 trust the unfolding of the moment and that's what allows us to expand out and then create the next layer of the mandala and so now i'm i'm seeing mandalas different i'm like oh mm. that's it's the masculine and the feminine like it's everyone is unique like a, a snowflake it's it's this beautiful play of these two forces collaborating mm. Mm. <laughs> it's pretty wild yeah <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful visual imprint to receive from your journey oh yeah yeah it was really wonderful um you know i want to you know actually let's dive back into that one portion of the question of, of what it means to fully choose to be here you know i'm when i when i heard that originally to me it came up with uh, what i came up with was um to be fully present you know to to fully choose to be here is to be so so present all the time um sorry i just got a little distracted my husband just walked across the bed to grab something uh, <laughs> um but yeah it's just a very interesting question because to choose to be here is 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 to be with whatever is arising it's not when i'm feeling good I'll be here. It's it's taking it all. Like I I choose all of it. I choose the mess. I choose the beauty. I choose the despair. You know what? So what does it mean to you to to truly choose to be here? What does that look like as a practice? Hmm. Yeah. Thanks for your thoughts. Yeah, mine are similar. Like for me, fully choosing to be here is fully choosing to experience it all you know, to welcome every single feeling, every single emotion um, that flows through me. And also another layer of that is to take full self-responsibility for my life. Mm. And, you know, so often, uh, like in, in circles that I lead, um, a lot of the time with women, uh, and I see this in myself too, of course, sometimes is it's like, it's so easy to blame somebody else for not living your life fully. Oh yeah. Or like you can, you can blame your relationships. You can blame your family trauma. You can blame your work. You can blame society. You can blame patriarchy. You can blame, you know, whatever you want. There's so many, the economic system, you can blame mm -hmm. the politicians. But what is it to truly take self-responsibility for your life? And what are the things that are keeping you from choosing to be fully here? Mm -hmm. And if we take that responsibility or blame or judgment or projection onto other things or people or circumstances, how do you choose to live your life no matter what? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying to be ignorant to the things that are happening around us or not to, you know, make moves to also make this planet a better place for us to live. That's another piece for me that's really coming through is this is my home. So how am I going to take care of my home? How am I going to take care of the people and the animals and the rivers and the oceans? You know, how do I take care? 
that not based on somebody else's actions that are now prohibiting me to live my life fully. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I come back to that collaboration of it's not negating what's being thrown at you or, or the environment you're in or, or the cards you've been dealt, but it's looking at, well, how can I, how can I dance with this partner I have right now? Like, how can I really allow this to be, um, yeah, a collaboration. We don't always get to choose what's on the other side, but we can choose how we show up in it and how we mm -hmm. move with it. And, you know, there's so many things in life that I've experienced myself where it's just, I, I come into a full stop of like, you're in my way. Like <laughs> you're getting in my way of my ability to do X, Y, and Z. And whether that's projecting outwards or even inwards of like, this emotion is getting in my way. Or like, I'm distracted. My mind is getting in my way. And to, to social media is such yeah, a <laughs> yeah, or like I'm not feeling well, or you know, any of those things that it's yeah, those things are very real, but how can we actually include them? Like include them in the dance and and sit with them and let them be our teacher. There's there's so much to learn and feel in everything when nothing's actually in the way. It's that's the way. Whatever's coming up, like that's the way. Hmm. Right. And then there's a part for me around like, okay, what do you choose to stand for in life? Mm. And not the outcome of something. Yeah. Or I need it to look this certain way or this person to be here or something like that. That's manipulating an outcome. Mm -hmm. But like, what do you really stand for in your life? And that for me is also being fully here. So three words that have been very much a part of my um, my inner inquiry and outer inquiry is what is love, what is truth, and what is freedom? And it's, you know, there, there are things that I don't necessarily have an answer to or one answer to, yeah. you know, and this shifts and morphs, but what is it really to be truly free? Um, yeah, to live in truth, to stand for love. And that can take on a lot of different forms. Oh, yeah. And as with life, we often don't know what will really happen. We actually never know what will really happen, no matter how much we try and control things. It's mm -hmm. not possible. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can have some illusions of safety a little bit more if we yeah, have our playing boards and this is how it goes and this is the game I'm going to play all the time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and even then at some point life is going to say, Hey, you know, mm. wake up. Yeah. What's here right now? Mm. Mm. And I, what I love about that is, you know, it's, it's about asking the really high quality question without the need to have an answer for it mm. because the answer will be different in each moment in each situation. And, uh, but those are such beautiful questions to sit with and see what arises and see how it starts to to shift things around you or within you because that's the energy that you're bringing into your body and into your environment. Mm. You know, it really helps color a lens of what you're actually perceiving your life through. Mm. Mm. I had a conversation with a friend today about um, heartbreak, you know, yeah. and when... Um, kind of this feeling of, okay, you know, my heart's going to be broken or this love that I want isn't available. And so I'm going to protect my heart. Yeah. I'm going to close my heart. 
And um, so we were having a, a beautiful conversation about this and what does that mean? What does that feel like? And I was sharing for me that um, one of the things that I really learned from the heartbreak of my grandma leaving, which was really like the biggest heartbreak, you know, of my life and the biggest romance of my life. Mm. And um, yeah, I just, in those moments of grieving on the floor, like wailing, like a wounded child <laughs> or a mm -hmm. little bird just being like someone, you know, please life, help me. I've got a yeah. broken hand. I can't feed myself. Um, I, in those moments, I really just let my heart completely shatter, you know, like let that pain of that loss of that love just shatter me so open that there is no way that those pieces could ever be put back together. You know, and for me, that's actually a beautiful feeling. It's, it's a raw feeling. Like, I don't want my heart to close again. <laughs> the heart's never meant to be closed. Mm -hmm. It's not its nature. The heart is just open. And then, you know, we can put protection layers on top and we could put some armor and yeah, some guards and say, well, you know, there's nowhere for this love to flow. So I'm just going to keep it in this reservoir inside or something. Yeah. This is not the nature of the heart and not the nature of love. It wants to flow. And yeah. And um, one of the things that I had read about grief, which is also very beautiful, was that grief is love with nowhere to flow or like mm -hmm. no direction, you know, which mm -hmm. also the paradox of it is I really deeply feel that as well. Yeah. Um, and yet, you know, the, the pain of not allowing love to flow is also so painful or so mm -hmm. numbing or, you know, then just creates more pressure inside our system. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, for me these days, it's like, okay, let my like life, you know, please it just completely shatter my heart open. Like mm -hmm. I am here for that. I'm here to know what love is and all of its facets. And that means the heartbreak as well as the deep love. Yeah. And everything. Wow. Mm. I'm so curious about how that's impacted you and, and the people around you. Are you finding that it's being like, is it, is it as chaotic and uncomfortable as it sounds? <laughs> the shattering <laughs> the heart open? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is. Uh. <laughs> yeah, every mechanism, you know, inside ourselves, including me, I see this in myself too. Like I'm not, I haven't perfected this. It's just more like, okay, I observe it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. All these mechanisms of the mind trying to be like, okay, but if I, it's like negotiating with life. Yeah. You know? <laughs> okay. Life, like just let me stay in here for a little bit longer and then let me see, you know, what I, what can unfold over here. And okay. But what if we just do this? Like I've got a strong negotiator with life inside me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just another form of control. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's kind of and just yeah. like bursting through all of that. Like just not allowing yourself to put containers around when this heartbreak is going to be over or what it's going to mean or, or where it's going. This is just like trusting the heartbreak and just letting yourself just break down. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Like, um, yeah, you know, it's so interesting. Like we have, I'm just thinking about this now we have this word in the English language, you know, I'm heartbroken. Yeah. And 
it's kind of an interesting word no like mm -hmm. heart is not broken we can feel sad we can feel scared we can feel tender we can be in grief you know we can have a lot of different feelings the heart yeah. never breaks the heart continues to beat the heart continues to feel no matter what mm -hmm. so there is this unshakable place un unbreakable place in the heart yeah and then mm -hmm. at the same time the paradox of it all is just like okay so let it shatter open so that right. all of the life force can flow through mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's to me what makes this work so fascinating. This work, this life, um, is the paradox, right? Of that, exactly what you just said. That yeah, the the heart's not broken. Part of it, a good part of it, is just stable and strong and beating and feeling. But at the exact same time, there's this experience of of it's also been shattered, and that both are true. Hmm. You know, and and even with your with your grandma passing, how you know, she's still with you. You can still feel her, mm -hmm. right? And she's gone, both are true. Mm -hmm. And it's it's such a, a fascinating place to dance with of allowing yourself to feel both simultaneously, that both are equally true. Mm. And what is really deeply true can never ta be taken away. Yeah. You know, like the, you know, our moment to moment truths can change. You know, my body might have a different sensation this moment until after I eat or in five minutes or something. Yeah. Um, but, you know, those really deep truths of the soul, I don't think they, they can never be added to and they can never be taken away from. Mm. And so I remember when, again, when my grandmother passed, I was just like so angry with life at one point, you know, like, just how could you take her? Like, I, you know, I need her, like all of these things. And, um, but my love for her remains, her body has changed, you know, but nobody can ever take away that love. Yeah. And it's never stopped flowing. Yeah. Even though in moments it may have felt more contracted or, you know, taken on a different shade. Mm. But the, the quality of that love is, is forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a good place to go back into and rest when, when the shatter starts to feel more real than the wholeness. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. mm, so beautiful. Mm. Thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of, one of the other questions that you'd brought up was um, uh, a contemplation in, in what you, you often hear from many women about the desire to be met and the, um, the difficulty of, of not being met or not finding, you know, the, the person that they're looking for that will meet them. Um, and so what, what does it mean to be truly met? And what does this really feel like? You know, what, what comes up for you in that realm, whether you're coaching a, a woman or a man or, or someone who deeply desires to be met and they're not finding it or, you know, what, what comes up for you? Hmm. Uh, yeah, a few different layers of that again, and some of yeah. them are, you know, paradoxical as well. Of course. So, you know, on a higher level, I realize that no one, I will never be fully met by another human being. Mm. It's not fully possible because what I'm really looking for is God. Mm. Oh, 
god, Alice. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, are you it? Are you it? Are you it? Like, <laughs> and of course, the paradox of it is that yeah, you are it. <laughs> we all are, and you are it too, and you are it too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the other flip side of it is that we are never also fully it, you know. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of my own personal longing to, you know, be deeply met by my beloved is um, this is like a lot of pressure to put on somebody else. <laughs> yeah, I got a pretty pretty high bar we've set. I just need you to be like God. Yeah, so and I was that. just thinking, like, if somebody expects me to, like, fully meet them in that way, like, oh, my gosh, like, I, I don't want that pressure. That's, like, right. too much. I'm never yeah. going to be able to fully meet that, you yeah. know. So, on, you know, that kind of spiritual soul level, um, yeah, the, the seeking, the longing for something, I think, really comes from that. And, um, you know, for those of you listening, you can replace God, of course, with any word. Um, oh, and sometimes the word for me is life. You know, can I fully be met with life and can I fully meet life? Because meeting requires two things to come together. Yeah. Right. So it's never like a one way street. And so then the other layer of that question for me is where am I not fully revealing myself? And so you know, an example, like if I look through my personal romantic relationships, um, you know, this is kind of a question that I put blame on my partners for a while. So I remember one partner that I was with and we had a great time. We, we had a big group of friends. We would have awesome parties. We would go to festivals. Like our life was really joyful. And the part that I felt like I couldn't really come with was my spiritual side. Um, and that that was kind of met with a bit of like, oh, I'm not so into that, you know, kind of just like, okay, great, you do that, but like, not for me. Yeah. You know, and there was this part of me that very quickly shut down that spiritual part of me instead of just saying, okay, well, you don't have to fully receive me there, but this is who I am. Yeah. And so I'm going to continue to really be who I am, like with you, without you, and fully show up because I'm going to meet myself here. Mm -hmm. and not hide and not make small and then I had another relationship kind of on a different layer where um, uh, we had a beautiful spiritual connection but then there was no sexuality there was no juiciness there was no passion and desire from the animal body yeah and then I deeply longed you know to be met in that way but then again very quickly after he decided that well that wasn't for him anymore then I shut down myself in that way you know, I would hide my sexual desires. I would pretend that I had no fantasies. I would, you know, be like, okay, I'm just going to be the celibate yogi that never needs to have sexual intimacy or juiciness in my life. Yeah. Um, but again, it was like, yes, there, there was a, a person there, but then there's also me and how I stopped fully meeting myself there. And I yes. started to self-censor and shut down. Mm. And so one of the questions I have now for myself and clients that I work with is, you know, where are you not fully revealing yourself? Mm -hmm. Where are you not meeting yourself? So earlier yeah. in the conversation, you and I talked about your inner masculine, your inner feminine, you talked yeah. about it. 
you know, so yeah, where is your inner, for the women, where is your inner man, your inner beloved, doesn't even have to be man, woman, doesn't matter. Where is yes. your inner beloved that will meet you? Mm. And that requires us to also be fully showing up in our life. Yeah. Mm. There's a little bit of a, you know, princess and the prince syndrome sometimes happening around like, oh, you know, like, when am I going to be met by this prince that finally yeah. sees how incredible and amazing I am? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's a beauty in that, but also like there's a meeting point. Yeah. Yeah. It's multifaceted for sure. I, you know, even in, in the, the way you're sharing that, you know, I can walk through my relationship with, with my partner and we've been together for I think 13 or 14 years now. Um, and I, originally when we got together, it was like, he was my everything. I, like, I, I really didn't see many other people. Like we just were all about each other. And, and while that was beautiful and it served a purpose, it also got to a point where I realized, you know, while this person is amazing, there's still, there's a lot, there's a lot of me that's not coming to the table anymore because it's not being met, like you said, or it's not being asked for, or it's not being expressed. And, and that's when I started opening up and recognizing that one person can't be everything. It's just, that's not realistic. That's not fair. Um, and even though I had occasionally and still do occasionally fall into this illusion of um, you should be everything. <laughs> uh, that's what I, I'm able to step back and recognize, no, that's what community is for. Mm -hmm. And, and there, are, there are things that I need that only I can give myself. The satisfaction I'm looking for can only be found when I'm actually in quietude and with myself and feeling like that fills me up more than anything so that I can go then and not only receive, but also give and help other people feel met. But it's, you know, it's this web. If it's, it's just two people, like this one person's going to fulfill me. It's my other half, you know, that's, that's great. But that's, that doesn't make a very strong web. Like that's not going to hold up. There's going to be mm -hmm. a lot of things that you have to pretend don't matter. Or like you said, that you turn away from or, or shut down and there's there's just so much more to life to be felt and expressed and yeah that the web the matrix of the web really you know I, I love that you speak in layers to this that it's you know to be met means many different things mm. Mm. And the desire can really be there, you know, it's also not to say like, yeah, I, that, that's not real or that that's not valid or something like it's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, but then for me, it's like, okay, what is the quality of that longing? And can we allow that quality to be felt, experienced, expressed, yeah. and let go of how we think it needs to look like yes. in our yeah. life? Yeah. Surrender. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, that's the, the occasional impulsive desires or, um, uh, you know, the daydreams we can have about what, what we need and what that's going to look like. And, and I, I love that, that it's, you know, when you really sit with it and get more clear on what is the quality of this longing or this desire, I could act out impulsively and get it now in a way that I think I want it. But when you actually sink into it and recognize what's really going on, there's actually many different ways you can achieve that. And some could be very destructive and some could be very, <laughs> you know, 
um, constructive. Yeah. You know, and yeah, that's, that's been a really important one for me because I can have these, uh, well, I'm human. All people have these impulsive drives of what would feel good right now. Um, and that's not always the best route to go. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're pretty complex beings, aren't we? Yes, we are. Yeah. Yeah. We sure are. Mm. Well, you know, the, the, I guess there's two more questions. So one was from a, a Facebook um, post um, that our friend responded to. But before I get into that, we'll see if there's anything else that comes up. I know we've spoken to this actually quite a bit, but the other two-part question um, is, what is it to truly live within the mystery, to trust life, that it's unraveling as it should on its own timing? What does it mean or look like to do that? So maybe I'll share this through a practice. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's a little bit difficult to do in this moment, but maybe it, it, it's not perfect. But anyways, we can try. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so actually, you might need to edit this out. It's not going to work. <laughs> what I was going to get us to do is go like this and not grasp onto any senses, but it's actually quite difficult. Okay. So two hands covering your face. Yeah. But usually I sit in the dark, you know, and, and it mm. really is effective that way, but this is, you still feel the temperature, you still see light. So it's not so effective right now. Okay. Okay. I can just speak to it. Mm. I'm going to still try it as you speak to it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So one of the practices of really sitting in the mystery was shared with me by uh, one of my mentors, Kamala Lira. And um, we have a retreat that we facilitate a number of us around the world called Women Who See in the Dark. Mm -hmm. And um, it's really the retreat is about full body aliveness and also um, integrating our masculine for those of us that identify with as a woman. And it's also about being in the dark, like living in the mystery. And each evening for about two hours, we do a darkness meditation where we sit in a room that is completely dark, not a single little bit of light. Um, some people say that float tanks are similar. I'm not sure for sure, because I actually haven't been in one, but anyways, mm -hmm. this idea of really allowing all the senses to to um, not have anything to grasp onto. So how we do this is you sit in the room with your eyes open in the dark. Mm. And many times when we meditate, we're taught to like, okay, close our eyes or have something to focus on or something, right? Mm. But this one is really about sitting in the darkness where your senses have nothing to grasp onto. You can't see anything, you can't smell anything, you can't taste anything, you can't hear anything. And just be in that void, in that mystery mm. of not knowing and not having anything to hook into. Mm. And it's a really, really beautiful, deep practice. Um, if anybody wants to do this, I suggest like bathrooms, for example, without windows, you have yeah. one in the basement or a closet sometimes works well. Um, it, it's really retraining our neural pathways 
to not be grasping on or not be predicting mm. because there's nothing to predict there's nothing to hold on to yeah and then at some point i mean you can have different experiences in there some people might freak out because fear can also happen and arise when we cannot hold on to something yeah when our mind has nothing to fixate itself on no stimulation like when yeah. we're so used to that totally yeah. like i'm just sitting here with my own self with nothingness you know that's a big thing um and then for some people or maybe different the same person but different practices you can also feel like deeply the nervous system starting to let go because then it moves into a stage of deep surrender mm. like oh there's nothing to hold on to finally finally <laughs> yeah. finally i can stop working for a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah and it's just this wow. deep whew, exhale and then to linger um, in the in the pause, like so. I know, Marin, you've done a lot of yoga studies with me and mm -hmm. other people, and um, uh, breath meditation, which comes from uh, the tantric texts, is the breath and the pause between the breath. So the inhalation and the exhalation both still have a movement, yeah. But there is a really precious sacred pause that comes in between those breaths. And in that moment, there's nothing and there's everything. Mm -hmm. So then this meditation of really, how can I just drop into the pause? Mm -hmm. That for me is like dropping into the mystery, dropping into the mm -hmm. darkness of not knowing. It's mm -hmm. awesome. I wanna try that. I actually haven't done a float tank yet either. Mm -hmm. I've been, it's been on my mind that I'm, yeah, I really wanna, go experience that so this is just another little nudge like this go try it yeah. mm -hmm. mm, that's so wonderful well trusting in life for me is really like um it's a practice you know it's a moment to moment practice uh -huh. it's being like okay i i trust in the unfolding of yeah. the timing and the intelligence of life and um but that also at this end at the same time i put my will into it so it's not just that okay i'm going to passively lay here on my couch and everything right. happening on its own timing right but it's really like how do i put my own will how do i put my own power my own yeah. life forms yeah um, and meet life and then see how does life want to meet me so there's both to that and one of the really uh precious gems that i received from a training recently was um there's no rush, but there's no time to waste. <laughs> and that I really love too. And that has been like a mantra for me lately. Mm. You know, there's no rush and there's no time to waste. You know, so really like yeah. going back to the beginning of our conversation, you know, like you're here on this planet. Like how do you yeah. choose to engage with your time here? Yeah. I really and not engage in the way of I'm going to do something all the time or make things happen. But how do you like, what do you stand for in your life? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm bringing in a little bit of urgency, but without that, that energy of like hustle, mm -hmm. you know, because to actually create sustainable growth and change, there needs to be both effort and surrender. 
right? Too much of either one, you know, takes us to too much surrender is, well, I'm just going to lay on the couch and life's going to happen for me. Too much effort is I'm going to do all the things all the time and then burnout is going to happen. You know, so it's, it's that place of how do I honor both of these? Mm. That's a really great reminder. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm curious to hear, you know, this, this final question that came up from our friend Taylor. Um, and I think it definitely ties into what we've been talking about, but there might be some other nuances or things that arise for you to share. And the, the question she asked is, what does sexual freedom look like? And how can we tap into loving ourselves on a sexual and spiritual level? Hmm. Can you read them again? Yeah. What does sexual freedom look like? How can we tap into loving ourselves on a sexual and spiritual level? Hmm. Yeah, beautiful question. Yeah. Questions. Well, maybe I'll answer the second one first. So, for me, the there is um, different aspects of being a human being that I think are actually one in the same. And at the same time, it's helpful sometimes to separate them apart, like sexuality yeah. and just so that again we have a little bit of a container so that we can really look at what each of these words mean but then at the same time they totally are the same in many ways yeah so um yeah sexuality really is our our creative life force and that is how each of us came to incarnate into a body is through sexual energy. Mm -hmm. You know, now the, the environment and the surroundings of, around that are, are different, of course, for every human being. Some of us may have had a, you know, anyways, we just have different experiences. Yeah. But regardless, in order for our body to take a form we needed, there was sexual energy involved. Yeah. And so sexual energy has the power to create a human being. And that for me is just like one of the most sacred things that I can never fathom. Um, so our sexual energy is deeply powerful. And if you, um, I studied Tantra philosophy for a while as well. It's a big part of my personal practice is, uh, you know, for the universe to manifest itself, it took creative life force mm -hmm. to do that. And so on a macro and a micro level, it requires that. And then we also have a body, which is very much an animal body. You know, we're not so different from our, our other beings on this planet that also have, you know, beating hearts and breath. And so there's something I think deeply sacred about the animal quality of our bodies and its intelligence. So for me, those things are sacred. And then with spirituality, for me, that word again is, is spirit. So where is the spirit 
in your in your expression on the planet right now in this humanness that you are mm -hmm. because to say that we are only a body is also seems a little bit not the complete picture because yeah. we also you know have so many other things we have the capacity to be aware of things for example yeah. Yeah. um and so yes yeah, spirituality for me is really the spirit or the soul and each of us has that, whether we call it a soul or a different word. And so I think the question was around how do we love both our sexuality and our spirituality? Yeah, to love ourselves um, on a sexual and spiritual level. Yeah. So for me, like they, they aren't so separate. Yeah. There is such sacredness in the power to create and life force energy moving through our body. Yeah, so that's again one layer of, of my thoughts on that. And then the second piece too is, um, uh, I go back to my yoga roots here, like in classical yoga, um, spirituality or enlightenment was seen as learning to channel energy from the base in our root chakra all the way up through the chakras through the crown so that we can be unified with god and then we become enlightened but the tantric path says well yes and there is a current of energy that manifests from spirit from the cosmos from the universe down into matter into this body mm. And that both of those currents are alive. And actually the, the pistoning, the polarity of that current is what makes life come alive. Mm. And so with these manifesting currents, if you look through the chakras, they meet in the heart. And so that's one thing that I really feel as well is okay, so then how does our animal body be just its animal body and just be allowed to be an animal body and our spirit body be just allowed to be its spiritual body, you know, but mm -hmm. then also, and then also where is the intersection where they meet and that would be in the heart. And so mm -hmm. to allow those energies to actually be channeled through our body and expressed through the heart. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful visual. Mm. And so when it comes to, to what sexual freedom looks like, would you say that it's very similar to what we've talked about when it comes to, to freedom in general, spiritual freedom, and the ability to um, maybe even hold both these parts of, you know, back to that example of my heart is, is strong and stable and beating and feeling and it's broken. There's so much freedom in that of knowing that there's this, there's a part of you that is just always stable and witnessing and just content and good. And then from that, there's a freedom of, well, everything else can happen because there's this anchor of, of ever steady witnessing within. Mm -hmm. Would you add anything else to what, what sexual freedom it yeah, looks like or what it means yeah thank you for sharing that that's a really beautiful way to mm -hmm. describe that man mm -hmm. yeah for me freedom is really 
I mean, it's, again, this is just what's moving through me now and yeah. <laughs> there's lots of different pieces. Um, but the ability to really choose and to know that whatever is moving through you is allowed mm. and that there is space for all of it. Now, the action that follows, you know, may require consent or <laughs> consent, yeah. not consent, or, you know, wherever you want to play in your, in your raw sexual freedom of that. And mm -hmm. those again can be frames, you know, um, but sexual freedom for me is really about really tuning into yourself and allowing mm -hmm. what is moving through and then choosing from there. And so in, you know, my circles, there's a lot of conversation often about like, oh, are you monogamous? Are you polyamorous? Are you open relating? Are you this? Mm -hmm. Are you that? Are you celibate? You know? And, um, and for me, it's really about the power to really choose what's real and alive. Freedom doesn't mean like, I'm going to go do whatever I want anytime I want. Freedom mm -hmm. means like, wow, okay, I have the power to allow this to arise in my body right now. To feel it, to explore it to be curious with it, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and then from there we choose. Yeah. Beautiful. And then what if we were to allow, I don't know, this is just a contemplation now, like what if we were to allow everything, like absolutely every thought, you know, and not condemn it and mm -hmm. not say that's bad. Only bad people do that. Right. You know, but, but actually accept all the pieces in ourselves mm -hmm. that also have that quality. Like just to take it to an extreme example, like um, a rapist or something like that. You know, it's very easy for us to say, well, the rapist is the bad person and the person who's being raped is the good person. But what if we were to not put a judgment of good or bad and I'm not condoning this or, or encouraging it or anything, yeah? But yeah. just for an exercise, like what if we were to take the labels off of this is good mm -hmm. and this is bad? And just look at the energy of that. Yeah. Like, what is the energy of rape? What is the energy of submission or uh, kind of being forced or complete surrender to that moment because there's no fight available? Mm -hmm. but if we were just to look at the qualities and the energetics of that, and we all have a rapist in us, yeah. we all have part of us that wants to take that yeah. wants to power over. And what happens if we actually allow that, that energy to be felt and expressed? Mm. And then again, the action, you know, can look very different or maybe there's frames for that energy if it really wants to be expressed, you know, how do we create um, spaces where, okay, this is actually allowed, welcomed, because there's layers mm -hmm. of consent, you know. Right. Yeah. Wow. I really like that. You know, it's again, it's to me, it's like looking at these, if it's two different people, it's looking at the, the matrix or the web of that person versus just like this action is bad, this is a bad person, and this was the, the victim, this is the good person. I'm like, well, sure, that's true on one level of looking at it, but if we step back and look at the complexity of complexity of each person and the web that's making them who they are we can actually start to explore the nuances of what's happening and understand it in a much different way in a deeper way create more perspectives in here instead of just the the blinders on 
that we often create of just, you know, the dichotomy of bad, good, you know, evil, not evil. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's, it is so much more complex than that. We've, yeah, I totally agree. There's, we're all, we all have parts that are manipulators and controllers and yeah, when we really open up and, and let those be there without immediately getting into action. To me, it's, it's this practice of containment. When something arises, it's like, well, this is first just for me to be with and get to know and see where it fits in my web versus, oh, this thought came up. That means I need to act. I need to do something. Like often there's actually a lot more that can happen before there's any kind of action that's taken, if an mm -hmm. action is taken at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm yeah thank you alice you're welcome <laughs> for having me yeah here. this has been oh it's my pleasure yeah i was really looking forward to this and um as we were laughing before we hit record this is a kind of a, a self-imposed therapy session for both of us yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I just got disconnected with her. Um, her face was frozen in a, a smile as she was laughing. So we finished on a good note. Oh, here she is again. Let's see if we can. <laughs> Hi. I just I just took a moment. You were your screen froze as you were just laughing it was a big smile on your face and then the computer went down so I was like well that was a great way to finish <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry about that yeah my computer totally died i thought it had just for us but not quite so good well um yeah we can still say our goodbyes here but is there anything left unsaid anything else coming up for you i'm gonna post this uh, this will be coming up on this next wednesday I'm in one week. So if there's anything to share that's, yeah, any threads that need to be tied or anything that's going on that you want to put out there. Mm, thank you. Um, yeah, it's um, maybe one little kind of a, a little practice tool and then, um, well, a mantra and then, uh, and then I can close off with sharing about a few things if that works for you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so one of the things I was feeling from our conversation, Marin, is around this full yes, you know, and really allowing, giving permission to all of the aspects of us within us to be expressed. And one of the mantras, I think that it's from Pema Chodron, although I, I, I don't know for sure. And it's this meditation practice of yes and this too. Yes and this too. Yes, and this too, you know, and just really beautifully welcoming everything like yes, and this too, every, yeah, emotion, thought, fear, joy, desire, yes, and this too. And I just love that so much, you know, just to really call that back into ourselves to, to, mm. to our inner container more vast. So this would be a nice partner with the practice of neti neti. Not yes. this, not that. Yes, this and that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm. 
and then some upcoming things that I'm really excited about and that I'm working on is uh, luckily in, in Zurich right now where I live in Switzerland, uh, we're still able to have some in-person gatherings. So Untamed Wild Feminine is happening and Wild Women Gatherings is unfolding. Um, for anybody who wants to travel to Switzerland, we have Women Who See in the Dark retreat with my mentor Kamala Lira and I are going to facilitate together. It's really deep, rich, um, creative retreat. And then I have a few online projects as well. So Untamed Wild Feminine will be offered on an online format. I'm super excited about that. Actually, it feels really ripe and ready um, mm. to be able to have this accessible to more women on the planet who can move through this process of really reclaiming your body and your pleasure and your emotions, your full aliveness, um, and doing it in a way that is fully integrated into your everyday mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. So that will be coming up. I'll be working on that in the next month or two. Mm -hmm. So a membership portal for um, women who, again, just have been on this path for a little while, or maybe some women are just kind of curious about, okay, what are the possibilities and want to connect to a global network of women who are also have similar questions and curiosities. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be like my online space home, um, the online temple where uh, I'll be doing more Facebook lives, we'll be inviting special guests, there'll be like monthly themes, um, live Q&A sessions, and an embodiment session, something that is a weaving of my yoga, dance, breathwork um, background so that we can fully land these themes into our bodies as well. And wow. that will probably be in mid-November. Okay. Yeah. Mm. And all of these are on your website. I can include that in the show notes. Yes, that would be yeah. wonderful. Great. The online and untamed online isn't on there yet, um, right. but my website. And actually, there's a, a sweet little gift. I recorded five video practices of some potent practices that have made a difference in my life. Yeah. And so you head to my website, and um, there's a, a free gift there as well oh. if you want to email in. Amazing. Oh, yeah. There are tools that I share in my coaching sessions and all of that. So, great. They're simple and they're powerful. Mm, wonderful. That's so good. Thank you for sharing that. Mm, is yeah. there, um, I'm curious about Switzerland. Would I have to quarantine if I came there right now? <laughs> yeah. Canada just got put on the quarantine list. Damn it. Okay. I know. It just happened. Mm, yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. Well, we'll keep watching. Things keep changing. Yeah. So. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much. I feel very, very full and alive and, and grateful and uh, a lot of, of love and admiration and a lot of, a lot of good stuff flowing through me right now. So thank mm. you very much for, for being here with me and, and holding space and sharing your wisdom and sharing your heart. Thank you, Marin. Yeah. I love our conversation so much and thank you for your yeah, beautiful curiosity and um, conversation and your insights as well that you shared. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So good. Well, thank you everyone for sticking with us and uh, definitely check out Alice's website and her upcoming offerings. And uh, until next time, see you later.
Thanks so much for listening. You can find me on social media at Dopamine, that's D-O-P-E-A-M-E, or on my website under that same title, dopamine.com. Please subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed it, and do not hesitate to reach out if you have questions or comments. I would love to hear what you want to learn more about. So until next time, love big and play big. Peace.